Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted beer cities across the U.S. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm Eric. Sorry, I wanted to do like a, like a big surprise there. I, I wanted to like come out swinging, you know? And I'm Eric. I'm the co-host for April. I'm very excited to, to be back. How's it going, Brian? How are things here in Pittsburgh on your end of Pittsburgh? Good. It started raining now. It was gorgeous earlier. Uh, I know, very yeah. Gorgeous. I got my jean shorts on. I know it. you guys can't see, but rocking the jean shorts today. You know, I just recently saw, Brian, that um, Pittsburgh has only had like four or five truly sunny days so far this year um yeah that's that's the talk around town uh this was our sixth this is our sixth sunny day uh on april 13th so um very excited to actually get some sun because i'm just like i'm so pale i'm just like emitting my own light at this point hey i went to some new breweries can i give some shout outs real fast absolutely which ones did you go to new around here uh, so new, new to me. Oh, I think one is very new. Yes, around here they're um, in Ambridge, which is maybe about thirty minutes or so outside of of Pittsburgh. Here, I went to Alter Genius. I've had their stuff before. Uh, it was a great spot, but like a great food menu. Like that really interesting stuff, but also kind of place where I can get like a hot dog for five dollars, and that's like that fills me up. And then right down the road, there's a new place called uh, Fermata, I think. Um, Fermenta. For, for, for Minta, okay. For Minta. Um, for Minta. And yeah, it was it had like a cool almost like 1950s retro vibe to it. Um, so I don't know how many people are from Pittsburgh listening to this or travel to Pittsburgh, but definitely worth checking out those two places. So shout out to both those places. Yeah, we will certainly be talking more about Pittsburgh as this podcast continues on, as I am a, a hometown yinzer, born and bred. And yeah, I've heard good things about Fermenta, good things about Alter Genius. I have not been to new breweries in Pittsburgh. This this past weekend, I was actually exploring uh, the next uh, featured city here on Brews Less Traveled, which we will not spoil and give away, but I had a very, very good time while I was there this weekend. We got some really great breweries, great beers, great guests lined up for next month, but... Uh, we still got this month, and we still got lots of great beers from Des Moines, uh, and we got another great episode for you today uh, as we continue to make our way through Des Moines, Iowa. Today we're featuring Exile Brewing Company. We'll be drinking their Ruthie Gold Lager and their Citrus Sky Hazy IPA. That's right. Um, and also, we're going to be joined by the founder of Exile, RJ Tercy. So for our subscribers, uh, in the box, you have a nice little Exile sticker, which is already on my my beer table downstairs, and a nice Des Moines sticker as well. I, I went through all those stickers. I love that sticker, by the way. That, that Des Moines sticker is the perfect is sticker awesome. for you. Yes. Okay, could you hold it up to the camera one more time, just so we yes, can, yes, here, yeah, here we can we take a look here? Des Moines. What's it say? The S's are silent. Our city is booming. And I'm glad that that sticker exists because I do always want to say the S's in Des Moines when I see it. So we're going to be joined by our guests here in a little bit. Um, but I think we're going to sort of kick things off by diving into a beer. I, I know I need one. Which one are we going to yeah. start with, Brian? I think we're going to start with Ruthie. Let's let's start let's drinking do it. here. Shout out to all our subscribers at home joining us for another great stream. Thanks for mm-hmm. supporting the show through the beer club. Brian, I have a question for you, the the host of this show. So whenever I'm on camera and I'm pouring, either doing you know one of our events or whatever, I'm always so nervous. Like I'm worried. I, I keep paper towels next to me. I'm worried I'm going to spill it all over myself, all over the table. 
I'm going to look like a klutz. Do you, do you feel that same way? I am, but I'm not that prepared. I don't keep paper towels around <laughs> here. I'm more nervous about the fact that I'm going to say or do something that will embarrass me, and then I won't, I'll stay up all night thinking about this one little You got to just own it, man. You got to just own it. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers, cheers. everyone, because I am excited to drink this. Cheers. Mm. Mm. Just as delicious Ooh. as I remember. It's, ve- it's very clean. Now, I mean, I know you and I are the same when we go to check out a new... Uh, a new brewery and that like the gold lager the pilsner the kolsch the the cleanest thing on the menu is always the uh the the go-to the yes test so to speak and yeah can you can you maybe tell our listeners sort of you know why that is so uh the reason a lot of people will like to go for those really clean beers for kind of you know so they say a, a litmus test or like a test of the the brewery is because these uh, most bre- brewers would probably say these are some of the hardest styles to brew because there aren't big bombastic flavors to hide behind. They're very clean, which requires a very controlled, deliberate yeah. fermentation schedule. Mm-hmm. It, re- it requires very good brewing practices, not only cleaning, uh, cleanly brewing equipment, but really low oxygen exposure. And just it, it requires a really strong focus on the scientific side of brewing. Yeah. which I think gets lost in this discussion a lot, especially by beer fans. You know, we always want to talk about the art and let's let's do the craziest, coolest stuff possible. But these beers, I think, are the most beautiful and artistic because uh, this beer just has two different types of hops, uh, two different types of malts in it. It's got Pilsner mm-hmm. and Munich malt. just has Perla hops, 5.1% ABV, 18 IBUs. It's just as clean as beer can get. It's yeah. beer-flavored beer. And it's this is a very well done example of a nice easy drinking lager. Yeah, you you basically stole my uh, st- stole my review. I mean, it's it's so clean, it's so simple. You get just a little bit, just enough of the sweetness and and a little bit of the bitterness um, from the well, I guess more of the hops, not even so much bitterness. But um, it just it's super clean. This is this is an everyday all the time beer. This is a morning beer. This is a hanging out beer. This is a barbecue beer. This is a Christmas Day beer. Like uh, I have a, I have a, this is a, this is an everyday beer. I have a very nice special connection to this beer because uh, when I was in Des Moines in visiting, I happened to pick up a van there for City Brew Tours, which is our sister company with Bruvana, mm-hmm. and uh, I drove that van from Des Moines all the way to Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, which was <laughs> seventeen hours worth of driving or something <laughs> like that. And uh, I had a six pack of Ruthie with me the whole time. And every night when I would stop, uh, that's what I was drinking in the hotel room. So this reminds me of nice. my nice, beautiful road trip across the Midwest and mountain area. I guess. How cold was that? It was. It was kind of cold. Uh, De- as we've talked previously on mm-hmm. the podcast, Des Moines yeah. and Oma- uh, Des Moines and Omaha were very, very cold when I was there. Ten degrees, single digits. Mm-hmm. Going across Wyoming wasn't too bad. The sun was out. <laughs> However, the wind was intense. 65 mile an hour gust some days, and I was driving a high roof, like 10 foot tall transit van. <laughs> no. Um, and it was blowing me all over the road. And I passed a, an 18 wheeler that had gotten blown over, and they were like what? pulling it over with a, they were like pulling it back upright with a winch. And I was like, oh, well, that doesn't help my nerves at all. Um, oh, my God. It. I made it to Salt Lake City, and when I got to Salt Lake City, the first bar that I went to, uh, there was a cat hanging out on the bar, and I had a beer within like 10 feet of a cat. Now, I'm not going nice. to name that bar, because that could probably be like a health code violation, yeah. but like, sure. the cat was cool. I drink a beer 10 feet 
next to a cat every night. So uh, it's, I I know, I know that experience and it's a good one. Yeah. Um, Well, that's because I have a lot of questions about this beer and this brewery. So let's bring out our guests. So so tonight we have the founder of Exile Brewing, RJ Tercy. RJ, are, are you there? I'm here, yeah. I'm I'm hoping my computer doesn't explode once uh, all this stuff gets going here, but it seems like it's okay. <laughs> uh, now, does your computer have like a little timer counting down? Because that's normally a good indicator of an it, explosion. The the time stopped moving forward on the right, oh, like no. the bottom right corner clock. You got to get out of there. I know that's what I'm thinking, but it seems, <laughs> it seems like it's working. So we're just going to go. All right. Well, well, thanks for joining. And if we have any technical issues, we'll we'll figure them out as as they okay. come up. What what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I actually poured myself a Citrus Sky. Oh, okay. Cool. Perfect. Yes. Then we can talk a little bit more about that in a second. But I know we have some questions here, and I'm going to let Brian sort of take away with the first one. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, uh, RJ. Uh, when I visited the brewery back in February, one of the things that first stood out to me is I when I approached it was this big giant beautiful mural uh with the word des moines on it and uh some big beautiful pictures so could we start there could you tell me about the mural that's on the outside of the brewery and like what that means to exile and to the neighborhood and to des moines? Sure. yeah so i mean we've always wanted to uh you know when we opened it was like hey we don't just want to be a brewery in des moines we want to be part of des moines culture and we we you know talk about building a highway between our culture and our community and I mean, that that mural is is just part of that. You know, that's that's one of the ways that that, you know, we reach out to the community. That's it's one of the things that, you know, I guess you could say we've given it to the community. You know, if you remember, you didn't see exile on there anywhere. It is just a straight up piece of art that promotes the things that we like about our city. You know, there's there is beer on it. Um, there's bike riders on it there's there's like you know i think maybe the sculpture park is actually the sculpture park isn't on it um but there's bike riders and the bridge is on there and just like a lot of things about des moines culture are showcased on the mural and there's people taking pictures in front of it all the time and uh yeah there you go very very nice Uh, the capital's up there so it's really promoting our city and beer in general yeah, that's awesome. I'm, and thank you for bringing that up, Brian, because I was just about to ask if we could see it. Um, in fact, uh, Brian, you should maybe, if you haven't already, upload it to like the Instagram page or something like that, oh, we so that the that the listeners can can see it as well. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I, I'm I sorry that. I didn't get a chance to see it in in person. Okay, so what's kind of crazy is that that mural. Uh, it definitely gets the most play out of any of the art around the brewery, but like you can see in your back- background, that statue of Liberty crown that's on there. Mm-hmm. That was like the big, like the big piece that we put up there. And it's like an afterthought for, for the public. <laughs> that is a, I, I thought a, it was really, I thought it was really cool too. I took a picture of good, that too. Good. But I mean, that, that is a one-to-one <laughs> replica of the crown of the statue of Liberty. Wow. Like, what it took to get that on the building both like physically and bureaucratically was was incredible so that is like the real impressive thing but people yeah i mean the 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 mural is what is i guess it's just more visible and people like it more well i do have a follow-up question to to that and it's a very straightforward question it's why (laughs) why the the statue of liberty yeah 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 why the crown well okay so why we use the statue of liberty and a lot of our branding goes it goes back to to the name exile and and what 
what the name means to us. And so when, when we founded the brewery, when my dad and I founded the brewery, we knew that we wanted the brewery to be uh, a tribute to my grandfather. And he was an Italian immigrant. He came over to the U S in like the 1920s. And he had the experience of, you know, being on the ocean for weeks. And then the first thing that they would see uh, was the Statue of Liberty. And that was like the sign that, hey, the new, the, you know, the new world is here. You, you have a new life starting right now. And they would call the Statue of Liberty the mother of exiles. And, uh, you know, that my grandpa coming over here created so many opportunities for, for our family. And so we wanted, you know, we wanted the brewery to, to, to be a tribute to that. That's perfect. That sounds awesome. Well, so sort of speaking of, I'm going to steal Brian's question here. Um, sure. Statue of Liberty and, you know, your grandfather, that sort of thing. I mean, this beer that we're drinking, Ruthie, uh, it, it says, you know, a, a Des Moines original. Uh, Ruthie became a staple. I don't know much about Ruthie. So can you yeah. sort of tell us a little bit about Ruthie and, and, and maybe this beer a little bit and how those two are connected? Yeah, absolutely. So Ruthie was a bartender in Des Moines um, in the 50s was kind of when she was having her heyday. She was one of the first female bar owners, if not the first female bar owners in, in the state of Iowa. She opened her bar when she was 25 years old. So like definitely a trailblazer. But mm -hmm. the reason why she became infamous or famous infamous, depending on your perspective, was, you know, if you hold up the can, she would serve she would serve beers the way that she's depicted is doing it on the can so she would yeah hold it up well, brian yeah well well in doubt would put would put the glasses on her <laughs> chest pour the beer into the glasses and serve it up to her customers that way and so at the time the you know the traveling salesman was a big thing and traveling salesmen started talking hey when you go to des moines you got to check this out Cecil B. DeMille, the, the the famous movie director, you know, he passed through Des Moines at one point and he saw her, told her she should raise her prices. So he started charging <laughs> 54 cents a beer when like all the other bars in town were charging 17 cents a beer. The IRS tried to put a burlesque tax on her. Uh, local sheriff tried to tried to shut her down for an indecent show. She defended herself in court and and won on on all of those charges. So she has all these really cool stories about her. She was also married 15 different times, married to multiple men at once. I think had like six different around the world honeymoons. So she was just this, you know, huge personality that, you know, she's an awesome story. And like the story was really the story was going away. Um, I had read about her in a, a Bill Bryson book, The Life and Times of Thunderbolt Kid. And uh, my dad knew about her. He worked at a beer distributor when he was when he was younger, like 18 years old. And some of the older guys, the beer distributorship knew about her and would talk about her. And so my dad was actually the one that was like, oh, we got to we got to name a beer after after that gal that would do, you know, that would do the thing. And then, like, as we started doing the research on her, it was like, yes, we absolutely need to name a beer after her. <laughs> I, I think it's a very fitting tribute to her. I mean, not only, you know, obviously it's a beer, but this feels this gold lager feels very much in the style of that time frame of you know, what was popular there.
Now let's take a beer break and talk some more about public art. Located just a half a mile from Exile Brewing, the Papa John Sculpture Park houses some amazing pieces of art. Now this four and a half acre park offers one of the most impressive collections of sculptures in the world, from an iconic love sculpture by Robert Indiana to the 28 foot tall T8. The sculpture garden offers a, a wide variety of art styles and pieces. My personal favorites were Nomad, a Jean Plenza sculpture made entirely of letters. I'm sure I butchered that name. And uh, the more creepy Spider by Louis Bourgeois. Again, sure I butchered that. And uh, Thinker on a Rock, which was a take on the, the classic statue featuring the signature rabbit figure of UK artist Barry Flanagan. Uh, I highly recommend checking out this sculpture garden when you make it out to Des Moines. And uh, now let's get back to the show. Well, let's sort of um, move on to our second beer, the beer that you are already drinking there, yeah. RJ, the Citra Sky. Brian, are you ready to uh, uh, to crack? All right. It sounds like you already are. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was like already halfway into it. I am very okay. excited. What, what can you sort of tell us about this one, RJ, as we're opening and pouring? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we've we've been brewing hazy IPAs for a long time. We had uh, we still do have a, a beer series called the Hop Chronicles. And that was really where we started cutting our teeth on on hazy IPAs. And I think we started brewing those like maybe four years ago. You know, it was kind of our way of like, hey, we're making these beers, but we don't have a flagship one. Uh, that that was probably a mistake. Should have made that flagship beer about four years ago. But you know, over the years, uh, we dialed in the style for ourselves, and this was what we we put out. We started putting this beer out last year um, as our flagship hazy IPA. The public demands it. You know, anytime somebody's coming into a brewery nowadays, they're they're asking for a hazy IPA, and there were times when we wouldn't have one on tap, and so it's like, hey, we we need to have one on tap all the time. We need to have one that that people can rely on, and and so this was this was it. Very cool. Well, I haven't even had a sip yet, so uh, cheers. Get after it, yeah, cheers. I've cheers. got one right here. Yeah, this is great. Brewed with Citra and Mosaic hops. It's got Golden Promise, Pilsner, Oats, Pale Malt, Wheat Malts. It's really has a really nice base malt character mm -hmm. to it. Uh, Six percent alcohol, and then yeah, that citra mosaic combo just jumps out of the glass, and yeah, really nice pineapple, and yeah, you know, this is everything I want in a hazy IPA where there's um, a balance, really, but you can still get some of the bitterness. Sometimes some um, yeah. the hazy IPAs are almost too soft, um, where Flappy. I want yeah, yeah, yeah I, I want still want some of that bitterness, but I'm also you know, I'm not a guy who needs like a triple IPA in, in his life. Like sometimes that's too much for me. So this is like a really good balance. And it almost ends with like a like a little bit of, of a peppery note. Are you getting that, Brian? Like just on the back end, the very late back end? Maybe a little bit of fermentation thing. I don't know if it's if it's peppery, but there's there's something on the back end that. Yeah, uh, no, I like it. Um, yeah. So I mean, when you when you talk about balance, I mean, balance really drives almost everything that we do down at Exile. We're not. You know, not, not, hey, nothing against those the breweries that really like to make those big extreme beers, but balance is, is what we are all about. It's the type of beers that we enjoy. That's that's what we're always trying to strike, and that probably goes back to how we started with brewing lagers. You know, smooth, clean, easy to drink lagers. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you mentioned uh, you had been doing a, a series of hazy New England-style IPA beers for mm -hmm. a while and then landed on Citrus Guy to be kind of like the flagship as a flagship IPA. We also have Ruthie here, which is a crushable all-day, all-year drinker. I'm curious, what is the biggest seller of, of Exile? Ruthie, by far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just... It's been there. It's been there from the beginning. Um, we actually, before we started bottling beer, we we had another beer that was more popular than Ruthie. Mm -hmm. And when we went into packaging, we actually decided to shed that beer and really just kind of push all our chips in on Ruthie because we didn't want to like, you know, split our marketing push on sure. all the is like, hey, let's really focus on this one. And it's it's worked out for us. Well, how far do you um, distribute? I mean, it looks like a, a very big location. Uh, I mean, do you sell to a lot of bars in the area? I'm sure you do in the yeah. area, but like the rest of the state, do you go outside yeah. the state? Yeah, we're statewide. Um, we go west to Lincoln, Nebraska. So we're in Omaha, we're in Lincoln. Um, and then we go east up to Chicago, but we're not we're not quite in Chicago yet. But I mean, the majority of the beer is like the five county area and, you know, surrounding Des Moines. Gotcha. Do, do you do you shipping just... for any any people that might be listening and already drank theirs? Uh, shipping is not. I don't think that's okay. So, bummer. Yeah, not not so much. Um, I do have do a question you... from the chat of how far north do you go? Up to the Iowa border, uh, the north, the Iowa Minnesota border. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So we're up, um, you know, like in the like Spencer, Okaboji area, Mason City area. Uh, we're in Dubuque, so yeah, Decora. We're we're in all those areas. I heard a I read a story that you did ship some beer at one point. Uh, you actually shipped it to Japan. Did you oh, at one point distribute dude, your beer you know to what? Japan? That, that's funny that you. That's funny that you asked that. That actually <laughs> ended up getting blown up by COVID. Um, it ended up not happening. So, uh, okay, well that makes sense. We, yeah, but we actually just this was like just yesterday. The gentleman that's going to start that that wants to import the beer to Japan, he just reached back out to us and was like, "Hey, we're ready to start doing this again." So it's back on the table. Uh, we oh. just had yeah, we just had some uh, you know exchange some emails with him. So hopefully we can get that going in the next month. That is cool. cool. We have people really that seem like they want to find your beers. Um, so yeah, it's some people here in the chat. So uh, it seems like we have someone from Chicago. So they really just, they just want to know how far outside of Chicago they have to go to get your stuff. It sounds sure. like you guys are very close. We are. Yeah. So we go to like North Aurora. I think we're in some places in Naperville. Like the Benny's in the in those like surrounding areas should be starting to carry some of our products. And then. You know, there's bars in those areas as well. But I know that we have stuff in Naperville and, and you know, our, our the distribution warehouse is in North Aurora. So you're definitely able to find stuff in that area. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Shout out to our Chicago area listeners. So uh, Eric and I uh, are certified beer servers, the first level of the Cicerone program. Uh, we learned last month that friend of the pod MC became a certified Cicerone, the next level. Um, after those levels are the advanced and master Cicerone. Advanced is rather difficult jump from the certified exam, uh, which is already a fairly difficult exam. Um, for context, there are 155 advanced Cicerones in the world, and uh, there's 20 master Cicerones. Uh, RJ, I read that you 
uh, earned your advanced Cicerone certification in 2020 or recently. Uh, yeah, what was, was that exam like and what was that process like for you? Yeah, uh, so I, I took the test in 2019 and and I think they they got they got back to us on the results in like late 2019, early 2020. The exam is is very it's very very challenging. It's a it's a day long exam. There's you know written test portions. There's essay portions. There's interview portions where you're sitting down with master cicerones and you know going over food and beer pairings. They're giving you a beer, giving you food. Hey, tell me about this pairing. They're giving you a beer. Identify this style. Tell me everything about the sensory aspects of the beer. You know, from the the color, the aroma, the appearance, the mouth feel, uh, the finish, all, all those things. And then, of course, you have your your actual tasting portion, uh, which consists of off flavor identification, consists of style identification, and then describing describing the beers either in short phrases or in essay forms. And when you describe the beer in the essay form, it's like, how do you think the beer was made? Like, what is going on with this beer? How did they arrive at this liquid? So very, very challenging tests, lots of, lots of studying, you know, you just have to, you have to study a lot to, yeah, uh, sure. to, to do it. And, and you have to, you definitely have to be methodical when, when you study it, you know, you can't just read a bunch of beer books and, and hope that you're going to go and pass the test. You have to be, you have to be deliberate about the things that you're studying. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's challenging. And even then the Cicerone program for every level of their exams provides a um, curriculum, an outline yes. that's everything yeah. that could be covered. Yeah. And and even when RJ says get specific, that outline for the advanced Cicerone is seven or eight pages long. Like there is oh, it, yeah. the, bre- the, the, the width of information that is covered at those higher stages is unbelievable. Also, I love the idea of the master Cicerones like grilling you. It's like yeah. the Illuminati took over beer tasting <laughs> yeah. and they're like, <laughs> yeah, they all have like hoods on and you're in a dark yeah. room. And <laughs> well, I saw, so I have a question about that. Um, so how do you study sort of the tasting portion? Is it like, these are the beers you should try, or is it just, try own errors how how does that work so so the tasting portion it has a few different parts to it so like off flavors for instance you know in exile Mm -hmm. we have a lab and and you can you can get spikes and you can make the spikes of the uh of the off flavors Hmm. and then you know so like leading up to it it was like hey jeff you know he was like our lab our lab guy at the time like I need you to start making me some spikes and, and we need to start, you know, you need, don't tell me what they are. We need to test on, we need to test on these. And, and we do that for our staff as well at the brewery. So that's one portion of it. Another portion of it is, you know, drinking beer. So like I would go to like the English beer bar here in town or like the German bar or whatever, you know, we're, you, you need to find like a wide style of beers. You can't just sure. drink craft beers. Like, it's about like world styles, right? So, you know, you seek those things out. And then when you're there, you know, you drink it, you don't just drink it, you write about it, you talk about it and and evaluate it, you know, as much as you can and, and try to pound it in. Yeah. Honestly, probably one of the things that, that I thought was most challenging and that I'm like most proud of how I did was like one of the portions of the written test is just knowing you have to know the ABV range, 
the IBU range, the SRM or color range, classic ingredients and, and classic styles or, or classic examples of every single style of beer. And so as I, as I started studying that, I was like, how am I ever going to do this stuff? And yeah, like, so much information. It is a ton of information and like just memorizing it, you know, just memorizing it wrote is impossible. So uh, my wife actually was like, Hey, I've read this book or I like watched this YouTube video on memorization techniques. And she was like, you know, watch this video and then maybe, you know, maybe that will help you. And it, it like, I started using these memorization techniques and they really worked. Oh, wow. And, 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 and I was able to actually knock that portion out. So, cool. From- How long is that whole process? So when do you say like, I am going to take the advanced Cicerone, you start a studying year, year oh, a full year. You put it. It's a good it. year. Yeah. You want to give yourself a year. Well, we do have a few more questions, but I think that our listeners and our watchers would be interested knowing as an advanced Cicerone, if there is like just one tip that you want to share, I don't want to say like the most important beer drinking tip or anything like that. But if you were like, uh, everyone should drink out of a glass or like something like that, is there like one tip where you're like, that you feel like people should know? Sure. About enjoying your beer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, drinking out of a glass, drinking out of a clean glass is actually, that's a great tip. And then it's a good exercise in, in, uh, awareness, you know, like if you can just like, Hey, I'm just going to really focus on this. I'm going to take this step by step and not just drink it. And like, huh, what did I think about it? Like, okay, be deliberate. Like, what is the color? What is the appearance? What's the clarity? What's the head look like? What is the aroma? What am I smelling? Oh, I don't know what I'm smelling. Well, sure you do. You know, sure. You know what you're smelling. Like, is it fruity? Is it woody? Is it not? Okay. It's fruity. What type of fruit are, are, are we thinking about here? Like, is it a tropical fruit? Is it a citrusy fruit? And like, if you want to get good at, at evaluating beers, just start high resolution. I feel like, I feel like there's so many people that are just like, Oh, there's no way that I could ever like identify styles and do this, you know, like, Oh, that's me. And then they don't try. But if you just start really high resolution and just start, narrowing it down you'd be surprised how mm-hmm. how quickly you can just start picking it up and nailing it yeah and i think you're definitely right there's something really great about being mindful about it and just you taking your time and, and drinking it and kind of enjoying it as it is um well sort of with with that in mind i, I want to talk a little bit about the uh the, the philanthropic arm of of um your brewery the exile builds um can you sort of tell us a little bit ab- about that sure yeah i mean that again that like the mural that that goes back to wanting to be a part of the community and and wanting to influence the culture of of our city you know i was i was born and raised in des moines and you know i left for college and and a little bit after that but i've been there i've been there for most of my life so you know we want to have we want to have a nice community in in des moines and we have a business that that's very social and so you know we want we feel like we can help create that type of atmosphere in in des moines so we have a few initiatives that that we we really focus on one of them is is going to be coming up pretty soon here so we we host a bike ride every every spring and then you know uh, a portion of the of the entry fee goes to enhancing the bike trails in des moines uh Mm -hmm. most people probably don't know this i never see des moines on lists for like these are great bicycle this is a you know the best bicycle towns in the usa honestly des moines should be on that list because we have 
the like awesome, awesome bike trails throughout the entire city. And, you know, so we, we donate to the trails, whether that's like, Hey, we, if we donate, we can get a bench here. Uh, we can get a bike tool, uh, you know, stand somewhere on the bike path. So that's one of our initiatives that, that we really like. Uh, another really big initiative that we do is uh, our breast cancer awareness um, initiative. And, and what we do for that is all of our, we turn all the labels for Ruthie and the packaging for Ruthie, we turn it all pink. And then, you know, all, you know, a portion of the sales from the pink label Ruthie stuff during breast cancer awareness uh, month goes to again, bringing it back to the community. It goes to a local charity, uh, casting for, Re- well, casting for recovery, I think is nationwide, but it goes to their local chapter, which is a, uh, it's like a recovery, um, like a recovery initiative where women go out and they, they fly fish. So they're getting out in the nature nature. And then from my understanding, like the motion is apparently good for the physical therapy of, of recovering from, from breast cancer. So <laughs> That's one of the big ones. And then our biggest donation every year has actually turned into the national, uh, our rising hope. We're part of the rising hope program that, that happens nationwide. Joey Hansen, our, our brewmaster, he lost uh, a nephew to, to pediatric cancer. And so he's been, he really pushed the initiative on like, Hey, we want to be a part of this. So all of the proceeds from this rising hope beer go to fund uh national pediatric cancer research and a lot of people god i can't remember who the vendors are i should really call them out but they donate the malt they donate the hops i think cigar city does the recipe uh but we're a part of that and so like all the proceeds that we make in the tap room during the time that 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 beer is there from that beer that they go to the national pediatric cancer foundation that's not all of them but those are definitely the big ones wow you guys do a lot like you guys have a lot of of programs going on yeah um i i've heard something about something with trees forever um i mean earth day's coming up are you guys gonna do anything with with them i don't know if we're doing trees forever this year i wish we I, i i wish we were but i don't i don't think we have it on the schedule we've done it in the past um, there's a nice, there's a program here in Des Moines that, you know, if you just volunteer with them, like they, they bring the trees, you just plant them. So wow. we've planted trees in the area. We need to start doing that again. And then we also have like a big portion of the adopt a highway is like mm-hmm. underneath our belt in, in our city. And so we, we clean up the highways, uh, twice a year as well. Wow. Do you guys even like make beer there? Or are you just like, just constantly just <laughs> helping everyone well, out? You know, it's, it's important to, to a lot of the people that, that work at exile and there's big companies here in Des Moines and we cannot compete. Like we have smart people that work at exile and we can't really compete with these other big companies just strictly on like, Hey, here's what we can pay you. Like we have to compete on culture. We have, we have to compete on, you know, this is what it means to work at exile. This is what you're a part of, you know, you're actually a part of something where we're trying to make our city better with really fun social events. And then also just contributing to the landscape of, of the town as well. Yeah. That's as, awesome. uh, somebody that's in HR by my day job, I can attest to that. There are studies that show that people will give up significant portions of salary and raise increases to work for a company that takes care of them gives them better benefits, plays a bigger role in their community. So that absolutely yeah. means a lot. 
Yeah. And it's, and it's not just that I'm trying to keep it all, you know, like, no, 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 it's tough to run it. Like it's tough to run a brewery, especially right now. You know, I'm, I'm Absolutely. sure you've heard about it. Like a lot, every brewery has got to be feeling the squeeze right now with, with what's going on. So, yeah. No, and Eric, they do make beer. Uh, when I was there, Chris, are you sure? Yeah. The, yeah. When I was there, Chris, the general manager, he was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take you in the back." They were, they were, you guys were slammed the day that I was there, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, hang out." I hung out for 10, 15 minutes, and, and he was able to take me back there. And nice. You start to see it's a it's a decent sized brew house, and then you round this one corner, and there's like six ninety barrel fermenters that are like what? gigantic, and you're like, "Okay, I didn't expect to see this much beer." being fermented back here but yeah they are certainly producing a lot what is uh what is the annual output what did you guys brew in 2021 uh we did just under 14,000 barrels in in 2021 <laughs> this year we're hoping to we're definitely hoping to top 15,000 and our goal uh -oh. is 17,000 wow i that you max know your space <laughs> with that max your current space no we we have we have a lot of space i mean as you saw we've got i mean that's yeah. why we built it out like that you know it was kind of like hey Let's just do this this big shot here and get get a good amount of of runway so that we're not needing to go and you know hey we got to build another brewery like that's not that's not what I want to be doing a couple mm -hmm. of years from now. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm all about the screen share now so everybody just just get ready. Yeah, this is, this is yeah that's right. Now, if so. you're just a listener to the podcast, you're missing out on all of these great pictures. Yeah, here. check out the video podcast on YouTube. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm about to say something I didn't think I would say a month ago but des moines seems kind of cool like the more, <laughs> the more we're talking about des moines the more i'm like all right that's like that sounds like it's got it going on there it's worth checking out maybe des moines a great town you know and i i don't i don't call it a city necessarily it is a city but i, I it's still to me it's still just like a really great big town you mm -hmm. know and it's there's not a lot of traffic like i said the the bike paths there truly are second to none like Iowa has one of the best bike cultures in the country for sure because of Ragbri. I don't know how many, if you guys or any of your listeners have ever heard of Ragbri. It's a bike ride that happens across the entire state every single summer. The route changes every year. It lasts for a week. It's a week long rolling party. It, it's so much fun. And like we have a team at Exile that does it. Uh, every single year. I wasn't able to do it last year, unfortunately. I'll definitely be doing it again this this upcoming year. <laughs> but that, I think, and that started in the 70s. And that, I really oh, wow. think, has, yes. And so that has, that has built the culture of biking in the state of Iowa and definitely in Des Moines. So, I mean, there were nice bike paths in Des Moines 15 years ago. And and just, you know, it's it's just continued to build. So honestly, that was like, when I was thinking about moving back to Des Moines and it was like, can I really see myself here, you know, long-term in my adulthood, like bike paths was one of the things that I was like, I really like doing this. So that's um, cool. Good. So yeah. Well, that, that leads me perfect into the, the one question that we like to ask all our guests. And I think, I think I can guess it what your answer is going to be, but what is, you know, we're talking about beer. We've talked about bike paths, but what is one thing that you wish Des Moines was more well-known for? Is it bikes? What is, I mean, man, what is one thing that I wish Des Moines was well known for? It, it's got to be bikes and beer. I, I think <laughs> that, that Iowa has like, it really does. I, I know Iowa's a small state, not a lot of 
not a big population there, but like our beer industry is really, really high quality. I mean, I know you hear a ton about California, Colorado, obviously the, you know, Michigan, but I'm telling you the beer industry in Iowa, it is, it is top quality. It is competitive. There's great beer coming out of Iowa, definitely out of Des Moines. And then, yeah, the biking in, in the state of Iowa is it's the best, you know, there's not, we don't have big mountains. We don't have the ocean. We have, we have bike paths. That's kind of like, that's our <laughs> way. That's path. awesome. Yeah. That's our way of getting outside. Well, I want to share, cause you seem like a big bike guy, man, here in Pittsburgh, it is hilly and mountainous all over the place. We actually have the steepest street in the country um, here in Pittsburgh. Wow. And um, there is a, bike race i guess it's a race i forget what it's called but basically it's up 13 super steep hills um including the steepest the steepest street in the country um i'm not exactly sure they're out but it goes up 13 crazy hills so uh rialto street it goes up rialto street yeah i'm pretty sure that's it shout out to the pittsburghers that understand that local (laughs) reference um yeah so that's as much so I have friends that bike around the city and I don't do it because everywhere you go is is uphill. So it'd yeah. be nice to have a bikeable city. Yeah, you know, I had I visited Seattle one time and I had heard, oh hey, Seattle's a great city to ride your bike around in. And I was like, this, you're gonna get killed riding your bike in your city. <laughs> like, I didn't see a lot of bike paths and it was so hilly, like so <laughs> hilly and a ton of traffic. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I would ride my bike in this city. Like so. Yeah. Tell me about it. It's a real thing. I saw somebody on the chat said that we have the Hawkeyes. We do have the Hawkeyes. Go Hawks. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us, RJ. This has been great. I definitely learned a lot about your beers and yourself and, and Des Moines. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, any last thing you want to plug or talk about before we get out of here? Uh, we've got a couple of new flagship beers that we just came out with the Tercy Pilsner and, and our Tico time, uh, you know, tropical, tropical weed ale. And, and we're getting ready to start, start releasing some, some ready to drink cocktails, starting with uh, vodka sodas. So we're just, you know, we're still, still expanding what we're doing and, uh, you know, just, just always trying to think about what's next while still making, you know, our classic stuff. Awesome. Well, if you're in if you're in Iowa or near Chicago or in Omaha or also possibly in Japan, look out for <laughs> yeah. that stuff. Well, thanks again, RJ, for joining us. Thanks, Eric, for co-hosting. And of course, thanks to RJ and Exile for these great beers. They Thank you really guys awesome. for having me. Thank you. You can check out more from Exile at exilebrewing.com. You can find more from us at bruvana.com. That's also where you can join the beer club and get great beers like these ship directly to you monthly sign up now uh well actually by the time this podcast gets out we'll already have shipped out next uh we'll already have closed shipping for the next month so you have to get in for june uh the next month after next month but don't worry lots of great beers coming in that box as well you can also follow us on facebook instagram youtube and untapped at bruvana we'll be back next week with some great beers from our next feature brewery fire trucker up in ankeny iowa (laughs) and uh we'll be back with another fun episode but until then stay safe be kind and support your local breweries cheers good night everybody cheers cheers guys thanks